Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11 through 15, the Bible says, He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in this life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whosoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. And 15, that which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. And I'm going to add one more verse of scripture. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord. For the worship this morning, I feel your spirit and your presence amongst us, God. I believe you've got a word. I believe you've got direction. And I believe you've got our sight for this year that is about to come. Lord, I believe great things are in store for the body of Christ in the year 2020. And God, I give you the praise and, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. As we go into 2020, there are some things that you and I must come to an agreement on that we cannot take everything we have experienced, we cannot take everything we have been through and had to face in 2019, we cannot take those things from 2019 and carry on to 2020. For 2020, like every other year, is a new beginning. So in order to have a fresh start and a new beginning, you're going to have to let the old pass away. The things that you have faced, the things you have tried and been tried through should be stepping stones for you and I to enter into what God has in store for us. And so when we, and that's the very key, is to leave it completely behind. How many times have you and I have went to prayer and went before the Lord over a situation or something that we were facing and going through and we would pray that God will lead us and, and guide us and, and give us the strength to overcome the very situation that we are going in prayer for. And so how many times after we get up from our, our altars or our, or our bedrooms or living room, wherever it is we knelt and pray to ask God for that help, how many times have you and I picked up the very thing we ask God to take from us and to help us overcome, how many times have you and I picked it back up and go out and leave with it. But when we go into 2020, we have to realize there are some things in our lives that we're going to have to let go of. We're going to have to put behind us and let God give us the strength to overcome it. And so as we, as we leave, let us put behind those things. For God has created us fresh and new. If you are following Jesus Christ and you are his child, behold, all of the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So don't let the things that you have dealt with, don't let the things that you have faced in 2019 keep you down before you ever even walk and step into a foot of 2020. 
And second of all, not only we must leave all these things behind, anything. What, what are you talking about? What things should I leave behind? I need you to self-inventory your spirit. I need you to self-inventory your mind and even your flesh. Anything that keeps you from moving forward, anything that keeps you from serving the Lord, anything that keeps you progressing and moving forward in the walk with the Lord, you should inventory and acknowledge those things and say, when I step into 2020, all these things that I have dealt with in 2019, I'm going to leave in 2019 because I will not walk into my new beginning with all my old things of my old self. And all my old flesh. And next, the next thing we ought to do before we walk into 2020 is that you and I need to let all of our resentment go. All of our resentment needs to stay in the past, in 2020. I know throughout 2019, I'm sure some of us here can say that so we've had resentment towards others. We've had ex uh, resentment towards friends and families because of something they said or something they done that hurt us and harmed us. And we have resentment towards us. If we're not careful, resentment will fall along with unforgiveness. If you have resentment towards somebody, do you really think that it will be that easy to forgive them? No. Because you're more or less, you have a mindset and a mentality and a heart and a spirit and saying, they done me wrong. They can go on about their way for all I care. And you let it be. And yet you still hold resentment. You still hold the bitterness. You still hold the anger. But if we're not careful, resentment brings unforgiveness. And God cannot bless you. God cannot move forward with you until you get the resentment out of your heart and get it behind you and leave it in 2020. Now, I want to share this with you just for a moment. If we're not careful, not only resentment brings unforgiveness, but people get unforgiveness with unforgetfulness mixed up. They think in their minds, as long as I forget about it, as long as I put it behind me and don't worry about it no more, hey, but that is in somewhat a great trait to have. Yes, it is important that we put those things behind us and do forget about them. But just because you forget about it does not mean you for forgave them for it. And as long as we don't forgive them for whatever it is they've done, sometimes we have to suck up our pride and put our own emotions to the side because, because Scripture teaches us that if we don't forgive them, God himself will not forgive us. So why do you want to leave 2019 and go into 2020 with resentment, bitterness, and anger, and unforgiveness in your heart when, when as long as we have those things in our heart and in our spirit, you are locking the hands of God from ever moving in your life because simply of resentment and unforgiveness. And next, we have to leave all of our worries behind. Worries have to stay in 2019. They cannot move in 2020. Now, what is worry? Worry is simply you worrying over something that you cannot control. And, a lot, and two of the main things that you and I worry about the most is things we can change and things we cannot change are the two number two things you and I worry about. And when we worry, we pretty much are saying, God, I don't trust you. I don't have faith in you. Because how can you say that? Well, think about it. 
When you worry about something that you can change or you can't change, you are worrying about it instead of putting it in the hands of God and saying, God, I feel a spirit of worrying coming upon me. I feel a spirit, a, 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 a spirit of fear coming on me on this situation that I have no control. And I feel like I can change it, but yet I don't have the strength to change it. And so when we don't, instead of worrying about the situation, turning it over to God and say, God, I know you have all power and authority. I know you can control this situation. But God, I'm placing it into your hands. Good night. I'm going to sleep. I ain't going to worry about it. So as we walk into 2020, we don't need to worry anymore. Because God is in control of all things. And it may may even be a bad situation that you're worrying about, but it's how you look at it. Yeah, it may be a bad situation, but instead of worrying about it, if you have a different mindset and a different insight on what you're going through, you can simply say, well, I'm not going to worry about this. Instead of worrying, I'm going to study this. And I'm going to ask myself, what is God trying to show me through this trial and through this bad situation that I'm going through? Because anytime you and I go through something, instead of worrying about it, just, uh, just acknowledge the fact that God is trying to train you and God is trying to grow you and God is trying to mature you into the very things that you have least experience of. So when, when you go through those things and learn from those things, and then therefore when you see this thing again, God has already trained you back here to know what to do and to go through that. Instead of worrying about it, give it to God. In 2020, all of our worries need to stay back. I like how worries remind me of a rocking chair. What do you mean? How can worry remind you of a rocking chair? Think about it. When you are in a rocking chair, a rocking chair, you're doing something. You're moving back and forth. But at the end of the day, you're just rocking back and forth. You're never going anywhere. That's what worry does to us. It gets us, our minds doing something. It gets us doing things, but in the long run, it never takes us anywhere. Worry never gets us nowhere. I I can say this. So many times I have worried over stuff at work, where it be inventory, where it be product shortages, whatever the case may be. I have worried myself sick over these things. And come to find out, it all worked out themselves. And I'm thinking... All of this worked out. Why did I even have to worry when all we got to do is simply put it in God's hands? Nextly, all we have to do is leave our failures behind. Not all of our worries, but our failures need to stay behind. Now, I want to share this with you. If you are a child of God and you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you walk with him daily... There is no failure in Christ. There is no failure in the kingdom of God. Now, I I might have shared this once before, but I love it because it fits this message perfectly. There was a doctor who was trying to invent a new medicine for a common cure. And he was a very well-known doctor. And, And word got around that he was creating this new medicine for this common cure. And so a reporter found the doctor, and he, and he gave an interview with this doctor. And he said, hey, doctor, how does it feel to be the only doctor in history that has, has failed over 200 times to uh, perfect this type of medicine? 
The doctor being so profound and, and so stunned and, and he just couldn't believe the question that was being asked to him. And he, he thought just for a moment, but I love his response. He said, what do you mean I failed? He said, no, I did not fail at creating this medicine. I found 200 ways not to create this medicine. So you and I this morning, there is no failure in the walk with the Lord. There is no failure in the kingdom of God. Now, when you have set your goals for 2020, when you have set your objectives and you set the things that you want to do individually and your family corporately and also your worship in the church, when you have set these things in line and you go to pursue those things, it might not be even for 2020. It may just be through the upcoming week. I want to get this done and this done and this done. And somehow a whirlwind comes and messes it all up. Or and even as you're doing it, you you feel like you failed. So many times, even when I first started in ministry, I first started behind a pulpit preaching, and the whole time I would be preparing my message to deliver it. I've got in my mindset of how the service should go and how I felt God wanted to deliver the word and how He wanted to move in the service. And so I'm, I'm, I'm motivated, I'm pumped, and I just can't wait to get to the pulpit. And I preached my heart out, but it, I didn't get the response. Or it didn't go the way I thought it should go. Or, it didn't, or, or I felt like the Lord didn't move the way I thought he should move. I felt like a failure. I felt like, God, I have failed you. Lord, what did I do wrong? I quit. I give up. God, you called me to it, but here, I don't want to do this no more. I can't do this. And really, I felt like a failure because I didn't achieve what God has called me to do. When simply, it's our mindset towards failure. It's how we look at it. What, what I was going through at the time, and I still am going through, is called spiritual growing pains. God was trying to teach me. God was trying to train me in what he has called me to do. The only time you and I can fail the only time you and I can fail is when we sit and do nothing. That's the only time you can legitimately fail God. It's when God has called you to do something. You may not be a pulpit preacher. You may not be a Sunday school teacher. You may not be a singer. You may not be all these great callings. But God has called you to do something for the kingdom. Search your heart. Search Search your spirit. Search, search yourself. Do a self-inventory. God, what have you called me to do? Let's all go into 2020 and all stay in the will of God. Don't ever come and say, I don't have anything to do. Don't try to do anything just because you've messed up or feel like you have messed up. Don't just stay down. Pick yourself back up and clothe yourself with righteousness of Christ and keep going. 1 Kings 8, 33 and 34, the Bible says, When your people Israel have been defeated by enemies because they sinned against you, and when they turn their back to you and confess your name, then you will hear from heaven. Then you will hear from heaven, and you will forgive their sins and bring them back to the land of their forefathers. Now, I like what 1 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6 teaches us. It teaches us that we are to examine ourselves. Again, doing a self-inventory. Do you realize that Jesus Christ this morning is in you? And I trust that you this morning, before we go into 2020, that you yourself will discover that you have not failed the test. You have not failed. 
You might not feel like you have made it, but God is training you to get you there. In other words, we ought to look deep within our hearts. Is Jesus Christ in you this morning? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And I don't mean, oh, he's the man that died upon the cross. He's the man that that risen on the third day. No, no, no. I'm asking, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with the Father? We ought to move forward. Have you ever walked out in public, or it be Walmart, Court Square, it doesn't matter anywhere, have you ever seen anybody completely walking, walking backwards like this, everywhere they went? No, you have not. For us to be a Christian, it simply means that we ought to keep moving forward, moving forward. If you ever see anybody completely walking backwards everywhere they are going, please let me know, and we will pray for them that the Lord will give them a better direction on where to go. We ought to be moving forward. Imagine a trapeze artist several hundreds of feet above the air, in the air. There's no safety net to catch him if he falls. If he falls, he's dead. But in, in, the, in the goal for the trapeze artist, when he is swinging in between swings, his objective is, is to swing from one swing to another. But here's the key. Here's the key. The trapeze artist cannot move forward to the next swing until he first lets go of the one behind him. Same way with the church. Same thing with you and I as a believer. Before you and I can move forward, before we can move forward and leave the past behind us, we have got to let it go. I know that is so. It sometimes it's easier said than done. Sometimes through our situation, sometimes through the things we have been with, through the things we have dealt with, it is so hard to let it go. Go. How many times? How many here this morning? Not a raise of hands, but look at yourself. Look at look at your heart. Look look back in the past for just a moment. How many times have we been through so many uh, horrible times, so many uh, trials and battles through uh, people and through situations that has caused us to be bitter, has caused us to be angry? It's like we could not just let it go. It, we could not just uh, swallow our pride and put it beside. We couldn't let it. Go. Because it just hurt us so bad. And I want you to look at your heart this morning. Are you holding any grudges? Are you holding bitterness within your heart? Are you holding anger in your heart towards a situation or towards somebody? I pray this morning that you examine it and you will acknowledge what you're going through. And that you will find a place to where you can let it go. Don't let this ruin your new beginning in 2020. I believe that God has great things in store, not only for the church, but I believe God's got great stores for you as a believer, you as his child. And so please don't let it bring you down before you already even get there. So I just went over some things we got to leave behind. And so now we are to grab hold to the future. As we step into each and every new year we come into, we ought to grab hold of the future. Before we step into any year, it's always a representation of new beginnings. It's always a a showing of great things and great possibilities and great opportunities that are before us. And every time the new year comes, if you pay very close attention to the magazines, you will always see some uh, companies that are uh, throwing out their big predictions of what the new year will come, what the new year will bring. Very few, very few times they may be accurate, 
but a lot of times they're not. Like I remember one time there was a prediction in the 21st century would be so technology advanced that no man could work more than 20 hours because of the technology advancement that the world would be going through. Well, I can promise you this. That prediction was missed by a few miles because I work a full-time job, and I still i have never worked 20 hours because they, the prediction was wrong. It seemed like no matter how far advanced technology gets, it seemed like you and I are still busy, 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 busy. It seemed, and one has said the merry-go-round of this life is going so fast around that you and I could not even step off of it because we have become so busy. So busy. So when we go into the new year, we ought to prioritize the most important things in our life. And we need to set an example for ourselves to go by. That way when we go into 2020, that you and I can prioritize our time and serve the Lord. Like with, without being so busy. I know, I know life gets hectic. I know we've got jobs and we've got children and we've got children that go to school. We've got homework and we've got supper to cook, house to clean, laundry to do. And the list just goes on and on and on. How many times have you felt, I need to go read my Bible. I need to go pray. You, felt, you just feel the spirit tugging on your heart to go do these things. But yet the, the flesh overrides your spirit and then you say, well, I don't have time. I just don't have time. God, I want to. God, you know my heart is pure. God, you know I have the desire to. But God, I'm just too tired. I'm too busy. Because really and honestly, we have the time. It's just we don't have our priorities in right. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, it teaches us to be very careful on how you live. Not, to, not as unwise people, but as wise people, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is for your life. If we're going to make the best for our future, we need to understand a few things. The first thing we need to understand is that our time here on earth is limited. We don't have much time left. I know even I, I'm young. I'm 34 years old. I'm not an old person. So in my, even me being 34 years old, I still feel like I will never get sick. I feel like I will never get, you know, all of these things hit my body like some have that, that are more seasoned than me. I won't say the right, right term, more seasoned than me, have already experienced when we're young, we feel like we've got all the time in the world. We feel like we've always got tomorrow. But when, when the Bible simply teaches us that our life is like a vapor. It is here one second and the next it's gone. So what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say if you decide or you feel that you need to make it right with God, now is the time. Don't wait to tomorrow. Don't wait to 2020. Don't wait to 2021 or 22. The scripture teaches us that this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation and of the Lord. If you're going to do it, now's the time because you and I are not promised tomorrow. Because, our, again, our life is like a vapor. It is here one minute and it's gone. Do you remember back when you were kids? And, and you had your girlfriend or you had your little boyfriend and you, you go and visit and you're sitting in the back seat of a car and you're having those long conversations about all the things you want to do and things you want to see. And it seemed like you were there for an hour. 
But that hour only seemed like a minute. I remember so many times my wife, I would go visit her at her house back when we were dating. And we'd sit outside on the porch swing. And we would sit outside or go out in the yard and walk around. We'd talk and talk. And hours would pass. Hours would pass. But it only seemed like a matter of minutes. But to the parents, that same hour felt like eternity. Now, magazines have ran articles talking about clocks now that can predict lives. And says that a man lives by uh, 75 years and a woman lives by 80 years. And the clock for a few hundred dollars extra, you could actually put in your gender and your age and it will tell you exactly when you're going to go. Now, I think that is a little too extreme. Because the Bible teaches us that our life is like a vapor, yes. And it also teaches us that you and I are to make very close attention and track our days that we are here. Now, what are you saying? I'm not saying that you are to track your days as far as how long you're going to live or when you're going to die. Because we don't know our last breath or when we're going to take it. But it wants, he's, what, what the scripture is trying to teach us is that you and I should make our every day, our every minute, our every second of every day the best that it can be. And yes, I know it's going to have to be pushed. I know it's going to have to be pushed through. I know sometimes we don't want to go that few extra moments or that little extra mile over here to make sure our day is the best that it can be in our walk with the Lord. But sometimes you you and I are just going to have to push through all of our tiredness. We're going to have to push through all of our weakness times. We're going to have to push through all the times that you and I don't want to do it because it is our obligation as believers in Christ that we are limited of days. Our life is like a vapor. So you and I should make, make uh, mention in every moment of our lives will be the best that it can be. Yes. We must prioritize so that we don't get overloaded. We don't get overloaded. Again, how many times have you and I said, I want to do this, but I forgot. I got to go over here and do all this. I got to do all this. I'm just overloaded. It is said that a doctor has to read at least 200 medical articles every each month. Why? Because they have to keep up with all the new medical procedures and have to keep up with all the new trends of the medical world. And so it averages out per doctor 70 articles per month. And so can you, can you imagine a doctor having that kind of time to read all of them articles and not count all the many, many hours and shifts they have to work? So again, it comes down to prioritizing our time. Because if we don't, if we don't prioritize our time to better serve and better walk with the Lord, what we will find ourselves doing is becoming overwhelmed, overloaded, stressed, high anxiety. Well, and we feel like we can't do it. We feel like we, there's just no time in a day. I, I, I can't do this, Lord. I've got, Lord, don't, don't you understand I've got kids, I've got a family, don't you understand I've got housework to do, I've got a job. Like we know what God needs to hear. But when it comes down to prioritizing our time, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 2 reminds us again, there is a time for everything. There's a time for everything that is done on earth. There's a time to be born, a time to die. As one preacher friend of mine likes to say, there's a time to plant and there's also a time to be planted. Time management is not as difficult as we make it out to be. 
List all the things that you have to do. List all the things that you need to do, and 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 see what your priority what your priority is in your life. And I hope number one and number two is prayer and reading the scriptures. But really, just don't even think about church. Don't even think about the Lord. Just I want you out of your own mind, out of your own heart, list your priorities from number one being the most important thing in your life down to however many you have, and then I want you to examine it. And you'll be so surprised how we prioritize our time. So let's recap just for a moment. As we go into the new year, we should leave those things that we consider that keep us from serving the Lord. That keep us bound down and keep us from the will of God. Those things should be left in 2019. Don't let them come into 2020. And don't automatically step your first foot into 2020. Automatically bound down, bound in chains, bound with resentment, bound with the things that has kept you from the Lord and kept you from serving the Lord. Leave those things behind. Don't get bogged down. And thirdly, know what the Lord's will is for your life. How can you and I efficiently serve the Lord if we don't even know what he has planned for us? How can we uh, be in his will if we don't know his will? According to the Apostle Paul, he says for us to not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. So I'm assuming that since we are in church today, you realize that you need Christ and you need the Lord in your life because you are here. I hope you are not here. I pray that you are not here because of tradition. Because this is what grandmama always done. This is what my mama always done. This is what my, my daddy and this is what, uh, this is what they done. Every Sunday morning they got us ready and they took us to church. I pray that you don't have a spirit and a mind of tradition. I pray that you are here because you realize, hey, I need Jesus Christ. I am broken. I am I'm, I'm messed up. I've been going through too much. I, I can't walk any longer. I'm too weak. I, it seems like every time I get two steps forward, I get not ten steps back. I need Jesus Christ. I want to come into his house. I want to lift up his name. I want to serve him and be in his will. Please don't come into the house because of tradition. Because this is what you just feel like this is what you've always done. But because you seek a relationship with the Father. Because He loves you. But also, what about your commitment to the house? Would you still come here on Sunday morning when you didn't feel good? When you were tired? Or maybe a little sick? Would you, would you still press your way? Or if kickoff time for the football team was at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning? Would you pass through the football game and still come into the house of the Lord? Now, in order to, for us to go through into the new year, 2020, you've got to be a fat Christian to make it. Oh, y'all got quiet on me. You've got to be a fat Christian. And before you start casting the first stone, please understand... <laughs> I'm not talking about your waist, waist size. I'm not talking about your pants size or how many belt loops it took to get your britches on. I'm simply talking about a fat Christian. Elf meaning faithful. How faithful are you to Jesus Christ? 
How faithful are you to the house of the Lord? How faithful are you to Him when it, when it seemed like everything in the world has kept you from coming here? When it seemed like everybody around you has kept you from coming here? How faithful are you to the house of the Lord? Are you faithful to Him this morning? A, available. We have to be available. When God calls you, do you make yourself available to Him? Available to help others? Or, or, or do you only help other people because you know them or because you are uh, friends with them or they may be your family? But what about someone that you don't even know? What about a stranger on the streets that you don't even know? Are you available to be a witness and to help that individual as the Spirit of God leads you? Are you available? Are you faithful? Are you available? And thoroughly, a lot of people don't like this, is teachable. Are you teachable? A lot of people get very offended when someone in spiritual authority that is over them in the Lord corrects them and shows them what they need to do. Brother, you need to do it this way. Or, or, or sister, I think you need to do it this way. We get offended because we're not teachable. And when we're not teachable, if we're not careful, we get the wrong spirit about us. We get a very self-righteous spirit. I have seen so many times, it's one thing to... to uh, Teach somebody, hey, you need to do it this way, or I feel like you need to go this route. But here's the thing. I have seen, I'm not, God is about witness, I'm not putting any preacher down. But I have seen so many preachers and so many pastors get behind a pulpit and point fingers at the congregation and say, you need to do it this way. This is the only way it needs to be done, and this is the way it should be done. But here's the thing. When you point the finger and tell me how to do it, you at least should give me a reason why I should do it. Because if you don't, then that person that you're telling that to feels like you're finger pointing them. Feels like you're calling them out. And say, instead of saying, hey, we need to do it like this because the scripture teaches us that Jesus himself done it this way. And if we do according to this way, God will move, God will bless, and God will lead us and guide us. Well, now you, you point out how I need to do it, but yet you point it in a way to where I was taught how to do it. You and I need to be teachable this morning. So you and I in 2020, we need to be some fat Christians. Bigger the better, fatter the better. Faithful, available, and teachable. Life happens when we are focused on our dreams. The thing about it is, don't ever let your dreams, it's okay to dream and have dreams, but don't let them keep you from serving the Lord. Romans 13, 11 through uh, 14, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted, exalted in taking care of your day-to-day -day obligations and lose track of the things uh, and become oblivious to God. Don't get so wrapped up in the, the everyday, day-to-day -day things and get so wrapped up that you forget about God. How many times have you and I went for weeks and weeks and weeks and we didn't even pick up our Bibles? We didn't even have a, a few minutes to pray. The only time we ever, ever said our prayers was something bad. So we said, oh Lord. And said, like that's the only prayer we prayed in weeks and weeks. So make sure that you don't get so absorbed. It's time that the church, before we get in 2020, it is time that we get out of bed, we get up out of our sleep and our slumber, we get dressed and we don't linger and we, and we stop waiting at the very last minute and dress ourselves in Christ that then and go about his work and through his will. 
And so you have a choice. You have a choice this morning. Taking everything with you in 2020, being dulled and no, no need of changing anything. Or you go into the new year the best that you can be and have, and, and, and have the future that you have never thought about having with the Lord. But to, to some acquirers, to be very honest, think, no, think of, just, just for a moment, think about it. You can, you can no longer ignore these things because you have, to, you have now been made aware of the things that we need to do, the things we need to, to prepare ourselves before we step into 2020, the things we need to hold on to, the things we need to let go of. I want us together, the church individually, step into 2020 together in the will of God and expecting greater things Expecting a new beginning, a fresh start, a fresh wind, a fresh breath. And forget about 2019. But again, one more time. In order for us to fully step into the, to the, to the blessings, to the favor, and to the things that God has in store for us, we've got to let it go. It's what has been said has been said. What has been done has been done. Let it go. And I don't care how bad it hurts you. I don't care how bad you want to get even. I don't care how bad you want to get after them. Let 2019 take care of 2019. And let us all together come into 2020. So as my wife says, I want to ask you this. Do you need a fresh wind? Do you need a, a redo? Do you need a do-over? If you feel like that, if that is you, you feel like, hey, my, hey, I agree with you, brother. My 2019 was messed up. My 2019 was just a, a, a storm in, in, in the mist. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything right. Nothing happened. It seemed, like the, the, it seemed like it was all hell and high waters. I need to do over. I am planning on going to 2020 with a fresher vision and with a new desire and a new hope in Jesus Christ. So as my wife sings, is that you? Is that you?